chapter twenty seven of the nest of the sparrowhawk by emma orksey this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines Lake city utah lady sue's fortune less than an hour later four people were assembled in the small withdrawing-room of acol court master skiffington sat behind a central table a little pompous of manner clad in sober black with well-starched linen cuffs and collar his scanty hair closely cropped his thin hands fingering with assurance and perfect calm the various documents laid out before him near him sir marmaduke de chavasse sitting with his back to the dim november light which vainly strove to penetrate the tiny glass panes of the casement windows in a more remote corner of the room sat editha de chavasse vainly trying to conceal the agitation which her trembling hands her quivering face and restless eyes persistently betrayed and beside the central table near master skiffington and facing sir marmaduke was lady susanna aldmarsh only daughter and heiress of the late earl of dover this day aged twenty-one years and about to receive from the hands of her legal guardians the vast fortune which her father had bequeathed to her and which was to become absolutely hers this day to dispose of as she list and now my dear child said master skiffington with due solemnity and papers in methodical order upon the table let me briefly explain to you the object hum, of this momentous meeting here to-day i am all attention master said sue vaguely and her eyes wide open obviously absent she gazed fixedly on the silhouette of sir marmaduke grimly outlined against the greyish window-panes i must tell you my dear child resumed master skiffington after a slight pause during which he had studied with vague puzzledom the inscrutable face of the young girl i must tell you that your late father the noble earl of dover had married the heiress of peter ford the wealthiest merchant this country hath ever known she was your own lamented mother and the whole of her fortune passing through her husband's hands hath now devolved upon you my much-esteemed patron i may venture to say friend sir marmaduke de chavasse having been appointed your legal guardian by the court of chancery and i myself being thereupon named the repository of your securities these have been administered by me up to now you are listening to me are you not my dear young lady the question was indeed necessary for even to master skiffington's unobservant mind it was apparent that sue's eyes had a look of aloofness in them of detachment from her surroundings which was altogether inexplicable to the worthy attorney's practical sense of the due fitness of things at his query she made a sudden effort 
to bring her thoughts back from the past to the present to drag her heart and her aching brain away from that half-hour spent in the hall from that conversation with her friend from the recollection of that terribly cruel blow which she had been forced to deal to the man who loved her best in all the world yes yes kind master she said i am listening and she fixed her eyes resolutely on the attorney's solemn face forcing her mind to grasp what he was about to say by the terms of your noble father's will continued master skiffington as soon as he had satisfied himself that he had at last held the heiress's attention the securities receipts and all other monies are to be given over absolutely and unconditionally into your own hands on your twenty-first birthday which is to-day said sue simply which is to-day assented the lawyer the securities receipts and other bonds grants of monopolies and so forth lie before you on this table they represent in value over half a million of english money a very large sum indeed for so young a girl to have full control of nevertheless it is yours absolutely and unconditionally according to the wishes of your late noble father and sir marmaduke de chavas your late guardian and i myself have met you here this day for the express purpose of handing these securities grants and receipts over to you and to obtain in exchange your own properly attested signature in full discharge of any further obligation on our part master skiffington was earnestly gazing into the young girl's face whilst he thus literally dangled before her the golden treasures of wealth which were about to become absolutely her own he thought not unnaturally that a girl of her tender years brought up in the loneliness and seclusion of a not too luxurious home would feel in a measure dazzled and certainly overjoyed at the brilliant prospect which such independent and enormous wealth opened out before her but the amiable attorney was vastly disappointed to see neither pleasure nor even interest expressed in lady sue's face which on this joyous and momentous occasion looked unnaturally calm and pallid even now when he paused expectant and eager waiting for some comment or exclamation of approval or joy from her she was silent for a while and then said in a stolidly inquiring tone then after to-day i shall have full control of my money absolute control my dear young lady he rejoined feeling strangely perturbed at this absence of emotion and no one after to-day will have the right to inquire as to the use i make of these securities grants or whatever you master skiffington have called them she continued with the same placidity no one of a surety my dear sue 
here interposed sir marmaduke speaking in his usual harsh and dictatorial way but this is a strange and somewhat peremptory question for a young maid to put at this juncture master skiffington and myself had hoped that you would listen to counsels of prudence and would allow him who hath already administered your fortune in a vastly able manner to continue so to do for a while at any rate that question we can discuss later on sir marmaduke said sue now with sudden hauteur shall we proceed with our business master she added turning deliberately to the lawyer ignoring with calm disdain the very presence of her late guardian the studied contempt of his ward's manner however seemed not to disturb the serenity of sir marmaduke to any appreciable extent casting a quick inquisitorial glance at sue he shrugged his shoulders in token of indifference and said no more certainly certainly responded master skiffington somewhat embarrassed my dear young lady hm, has er as you wish but then he turned deliberately to sir marmaduke once more bringing him into the proceedings and tacitly condemning her ladyship's extraordinary attitude towards his distinguished patron having now explained to lady sue aldmarsh the terms of her noble father's will he said methinks that she is ready to receive the monies from our hands good sir marmaduke and thereupon to give us the proper receipt prescribed by law for the same he checked himself for a moment and then made a respectful if pointed suggestion mistress de chavasse he said inquiringly mistress de chavasse is a member of the family replied sir marmaduke the business can be transacted in her presence nothing therefore remains to be said my dear young lady rejoined master skiffington once more speaking directly to sue and placing his lean hands with fingers outstretched over the bundles of papers lying before him here are your securities your grants monies and receipts worth five hundred thousand pounds of the present currency of this realm these i in mine own name and that of my honoured friend and patron sir marmaduke de chavasse do hereby hand over to you you will i pray verify and sign the receipt in proper and due form he began sorting and overlooking the papers muttering half audibly the while as he transferred each bundle from his own side of the table to that beside which lady sue was sitting the deeds of property in holland hum, receipts of money deposited at the bank of amsterdam the same from the bank of vienna grant of monopoly for the hemp trade in russia hem thus he mumbled for some time as these papers representing a fortune passed out of his keeping into those of a young maid but recently out of her teens she watched him silently and placidly just as she had done throughout this momentous interview which was of a truth the starting-point of her independent life
her face expressed neither joy nor excitement of any kind she knew that all the wealth which now lay before her would only pass briefly through her hands she knew that the prince her husband was waiting for it even now doubtless he was counting the hours when his young wife's vast fortune would come to him as the realization of all his dreams in spite of her present disbelief in his love in spite of the bitter knowledge that her own had waned sue had no misgivings as yet as to the honour the truth the loyalty of the man whose name she now bore her illusions were gone her romance had become dull reality but to one thought she clung with all the tenacity of despair and that was to the illusion that prince amade de orleans was the selfless patriot the regenerator of downtrodden france which he represented himself to be because of that belief she welcomed the wealth which she would this day be able to place in his hands her own girlish dreams had vanished but her temperament was far too romantic and too poetic not to recreate illusions even when the old ones had been so ruthlessly shattered but this recreation would occur anon not just now not at the very moment when her heart ached with an intolerable pain at the thought of the sorrow which she had caused to her one friend presently no doubt when she met her husband when his usual grandiloquent phrases had once more succeeded in arousing her enthusiasm for the cause which he pleaded she would once more feel serene and happy at thought of the help which she with her great wealth would be giving him for the nonce the whole transaction grated on her sense of romance money passing from hand to hand a man waiting somewhere in the dark to receive wealth from a woman's hand master skiffington desired her to look over the papers ere she signed the formal receipt for them but she waved them gently aside quite unnecessary kind master she said decisively since i receive them at your hands she bent over the document which the lawyer now placed before her and took the pen from him where shall i sign she asked sir marmaduke and editha de chavasse watched her keenly as with a bold stroke of the pen she wrote her name across the receipt now the papers please master said lady sue peremptorily but the prudent lawyer had still a word of protest to enter here my dear young lady he said tentatively awed in spite of himself by the self-possessed behaviour of a maid whom up to now he had regarded as a mere child let me as a man of vast experience in such matters repeat to you the well-meant advice which sir marmaduke but she checked him decisively though kindly you said master skiffington did you not she said that after to-day no one had the slightest control over my actions or over my fortune that is so certainly he rejoined but 
well then kind master i pray you she said authoritatively to hand me over all those securities grants and monies for which i have just signed a receipt there was not to do for a punctilious lawyer as was master skiffington but to obey forthwith this he did without another word collecting the various bundles of paper and placing them one by one in the brown leather wallet which he had brought for the purpose she watched him quietly and when the last of the important documents had been deposited in the wallet she held out her hand for it with a grave bow and an unconsciously pompous gesture master skiffington attorney-at-law handed over that wallet which now contained a fortune to lady susanna aldmarsh she took it and graciously bowed her head to him in acknowledgment then after a slight distinctly haughty nod to sir marmaduke and to editha she turned and walked silently out of the room End of chapter twenty seven